Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another podcast. And this week, I'm going one-on-one with Chetan Kulkari, who's the co-founder and CEO of Visury. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Now, you're based in San Francisco, but we were just chatting about why you're in New York today. Perhaps you tell us a little bit about your East Coast travels. Yeah, sure. So, uh, if you uh, look at the... Uh, the marketing ecosystem in U.S., East and West Coast are the two places where the centers of gravity are. Uh, so we were in the uh, Etail uh, East event in Boston last week. Uh, we had a booth, we did a little bit of sponsorship, uh, and there's some exciting things happening there. Uh, what we see is that uh, while cutting-edge marketing technology has been restricted to uh, the large retailers so far, yes. and now the mid and long tail retailers are also beginning to think about various aspects, uh, sort of very seriously. So, how do you make the engagement real time? How do you make the engagement hyper personalized and some of that? Uh, and yeah, so we are, we are here on the East Coast for around that event to do some follow up meetings uh, and also to meet sort of people from the industry as such. That's something um, I'm hearing all the time that. Uh, innovative marketing technology started out as you'd expect with the enterprise but now companies at different levels are jumping and finding the best way to do it and I believe you told me you're you're very much focused on the the e-commerce vertical Uh, that's right so uh, we we, if if you look at the general trend out there the marketing departments are being replaced by what we call growth departments right uh, so CMO is becoming CGO as such. Uh, <laughs> okay. So the, the expectation from the CEO, the chief executive officer, uh, if is from the from the CMO is moving from can you sort of build my brand, can you generate the demand to can you help me grow, right? Uh, and as a result, the skill set and the tool set of the CMOs, uh, who's, who are sort of now being increasingly called CGOs, the chief growth officers, uh, is moving from just marketing-related stuff to technology and marketing and data and all those three coming together. Right? Uh, so yes, when we look at this trend and how do we address it, uh, we believe the way to go ahead is being vertical. And e-commerce is one of the verticals where we are focused on. Uh, and sort of we've gone fairly heavily deep into the e-commerce vertical to identify real business problems that face the chief growth officers and growth departments are there and help them solve them. That's very interesting because as soon as you talk about growth, we're thinking of marketing being increasingly uh, a profit center. It's not just something ornamental which you wrap around your product. Uh You know, it's a good product at the right price. Let's market it as well. But uh, the idea of marketing actually helping to develop and grow the business. That's, that's a, a new concept to some marketers. Uh, it is. Uh, so if you look at it, uh, some of these uh, path-breaking concepts generally come in from startups. Right? Uh, startups are the ones which break the barriers, come up with sort of innovative technologies, but they also have in the past come up with these innovative organization restructuring. Right? Right. Structuring. And I believe this is one of those. I mean, if you look at it, uh, the smaller companies have more rapidly adopted it. So if you look at venture capital funded e-commerce companies, right. uh, in a in majority of them, vast majority of them, you see growth departments now, uh, which are a manifestation of marketing department in some way, but different in, in another way as well. But we see this trend carrying over to multiple other verticals. For example, we would think banks would think along these lines in time to come. Insurance companies would, airlines would, and some of that. So, yeah, it, it, it is, it is a, a new way of sort of 
uh, aligning your organization, but it is focused on growing the business. Okay. I would take a step back and talk a little bit about uh, Visury. Um, I believe the company, I did a little research, the company I think started out in Bangalore. You're obviously an international business now. So give me a little bit of background about the company, how it's developed, what its general kind of uh, spread of interests is. Uh, sure. So, uh, as, as you rightly said, uh, our business interests are across Asia and U.S. Uh, so, we are in India, Japan, uh, Southeast Asia, Indonesia being a key market for us there. Uh, and then we are in Middle East and pieces parts of Africa. Uh, right. So, and then, of course, we are here in U.S. Uh, that's the geographic spread as such. Uh, just in terms of the, the problems that we solve for, we solve problems for three verticals. Uh, one of them is e-commerce and commerce, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is finance, which is banks and insurance. Uh, and the third one is travel, which is airlines and hotels. Right. right? So those are the three verticals where we are focused on. We are about uh, 150 people globally. Uh, we've raised three rounds of venture capital funding ourselves. So some of the marquee investors like Intel Capital, Nokia Growth Partners, amongst others, uh, have invested about $30 million dollars uh, in us overall over the last five years. Okay. And just to help you blow your trumpet, um, I see Visory is among the first Asian company to be a Facebook marketing partner and a Twitter retargeting platform partner. So good news for you, I, I suppose. It is. So uh, if you look at uh, the evolution of uh, MarTech and AdTech in Asia Pacific, um, it has been yeah, sort of fairly uh, a laggard as such uh, compared to what has happened here. So when uh, with the state-of-the-art platform that we had and some of the unique use cases that we had then, when we approached these large global uh, media partners like Twitter and Facebook and Google, uh, they instantly saw that connect, that these guys are evolved enough to be able to plug into our ecosystem and drive value for uh, sort of the marketers in, in that part of the world. So, yeah, it, it, it has been a unique privilege for us. Okay, so I guess down to basics... What solutions does Visury offer? Uh, So we offer uh, what we call a growth marketing platform. Uh, It is focused typically towards the CMO or the CGO. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe I should just take a couple of examples just to explain what we do. Uh, So let's just take uh, an airline executive, right? So let's just say you're the VP of e-commerce for an airline. Uh, The business problems being thrown at you right now uh, are as follows, right? So one uh, is what they call as yield, right? So let's say you sort of fly hundreds of uh, flights every day. Now there is a certain utilization in terms of the seats being filled, yeah. right? Uh, now the question being thrown at the, 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 the different sort of groups within at, at the CXOs in the airlines is how do we maximize the seat capacity at the same time optimizing the revenue that we make per seat? Right. Right. Now, one of the solutions we offer for travel and airlines in particular is we take a look at their granular data of website behavior, which is the demand data. So you go into the website, I go into the airline website, and we search for various routes for that, right? Uh, and that is a demand data. We combine it with the supply data, which is how many seats are filled, sort of full for those flights for those days on, on, at that point in time. And then we combine the demand and supply and help them essentially analyze this and come up with unique marketing programs to be run on, on routes, right, 
mm-hmm. which are essentially less full, right? Which are running low in terms of demand, uh, wherein you throw unique discounts on Facebook, on website, on email, on push notifications in a one-to-one fashion okay. uh, for users who are essentially traveling on those uh, low demand routes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Couple of follow-up questions on that. Sure. Um, first is. Are you involved in setting the price? Because, of course, pricing this inventory is key. And then my second question was going to be um, how your assistance with the campaigns manifests itself. Are you um, producing creative? Are you telling them what their audience is, where to push their creative? Yeah, sure. Uh, so on the pricing bit, uh, no, we are not involved in, in deciding it. Okay. Uh, but we do provide real-time feedback in terms of what discounts, what sort of discounts, what volume of discounts are essentially working and what are not. Okay. Uh, so there is a feedback loop being provided to the marketing departments to be able to fine-tune their, their piece. In terms of uh, our exact role in this end-to-end bit, uh, we are a, a lifecycle marketing technology platform right. in the sense. So we are involved in the data piece wherein we take the various pieces of online, offline data from the customer one view on the platform. Uh, then we have a small creative studio for various online channels. So, for example, you can compose a Facebook message on our platform. Okay. You can create a push notification on our platform. Um, and, and then the third bit is we also have the channels plugged in, right, right over there. Uh, so you can trigger a Facebook message, you can trigger a push notification message, you can trigger a browser notification message. So you could essentially sort of trigger various messages right there on the platform. Right. So that way it's an end-to-end platform uh, that is sort of a turnkey solution for the clients. Got it. And are you pulling in data from other sources to, to inform? I mean, obviously... If you have an airline or a hotel chain as a client, they're going to have first-party data. Sure. Are you bringing in data from any other sources, like social, to find out what people are interested in, what they're doing? Sure. So uh, we do have some proprietary partnerships on the third-party data side, uh, wherein uh, we help them enrich uh, the, the behavior. When we look at the data pyramid for any client, we look at data at three levels. Right. Uh, the first bit is what we call... Uh, the first-party data, which is both online and offline. That means this customer is there in your database. Uh, You know a set of things about the user. Uh, He has bought from you in the past, right? The second bit is what we call first-party data that is online only, right? Uh, So users who have interacted with your digital properties but are not there in your database as such, uh, right? The third bit is the third-party data, and this is essentially at sort of the, 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 the at the third level, right? Wherein this bit is about you do not know anybody about this anonymous user who has hit just hit your digital property. Then you would want to enrich uh, from third-party partnerships and then ensure that you offer the same degree of individualization and personalization. So, yeah, these are the sort of three bits of data that we deal with. Okay. Now, talking about airlines, that always fascinates me because it seems to be coming back to growth, an industry where growth is a real challenge because you can't simply open 100 more routes and yeah. put 1,000 more planes on them. Yeah. You're, you're growing very much within the parameters sure. of your business. And then there are other verticals, you mentioned finance, where presumably growth is a much more open option. Um, do you see uh, different approaches for those different kinds of verticals? Uh, that's a great question. So when you look at airlines, and, and as you said, it's essentially the routes are fixed, uh, the capacity is fixed. 
so one of the key challenges there that we are also involved in is what we call ancillary revenues, right? Uh, so uh, if I'm buying a ticket from an airline, the airline has multiple other opportunities to engage me and cross-sell and upsell things to me. Okay, yes. Right? Uh, for example, they may just upgrade me from an economy to a premium economy as such, right? Uh, or maybe I'm carrying that extra piece of baggage and then there is an offer sort of made to me uh, because I have shown some signs of that. Or maybe this is a family traveling because there are four tickets being sort of bought and uh, you have certain offers around families traveling as such. So ancillary revenues uh, are a sort of key source of margins, profit right. margins for airlines. And, and we are deeply involved in solving problems around ancillary revenues for airlines. So that's a fair observation that it's not just about the uh, adding more customers and transactions, but it's about cross-selling and upselling as such. Right? Okay, the <laughs> yeah. different ways to grow. <laughs> yeah, different ways to grow, exactly. Uh, whereas when you look at, uh, for example, insurance companies, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the life cycle of digital adoption, uh, what we see is the, the best insurance company out there uh, is essentially at about 10% in terms of their total business coming from digital. Right. Uh, even some of the marquee di uh, insurance uh, agencies or in and insurance companies out there are at 1%. So just driving the digital adoption wherein that next insurance policy is bought online uh, is a big behavioral challenge that the insurance companies are dealing with. And we help them in, in various ways through personalization and targeting to solve this problem. Okay. And uh, you mentioned... Uh, e-commerce, finance, and travel. Are there any other verticals which you're looking at for the future where you think you can make a contribution? Uh, no. So we are sort of laser-focused on okay. these three verticals. Uh, we are actually thinking of more business problems that we can add to the roster or here uh, to be able to be the true sort of friend of the CMO or CGO in solving the multitude of problems that okay. they face. Does anything come to mind as, as a problem you, you need to tackle, which you... You know, something down the road for you? Uh, you you so alluded to it so some time back uh, in, the, in the conversation. So we, we, when we look at discounting as a problem mm -hmm. uh, and the way it is being done right now, which is blast discounting, flat discounting and some right. of that, uh, there are ways of applying science there based on the user history uh, and the user behavior and be able to personalize it. Okay. Uh, why in, 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 the, in the sense that you would want to maximize the transactions and, and revenue for yourself at the same time you want to leave a happy customer who got some discounts right so that is one area which is adjacent to marketing and targeting but at some point we would consider probably along the way okay and I, I guess the other side of that from the consumer's point of view if you've got a consumer who you know is free spending then why are you giving them 40 percent off exactly exactly yeah so uh, for you to be able to identify some of these things uh, through machine learning, through uh, more of science rather than uh, yeah, somebody sort of imagining things right, right in the morning and doing it, uh, is, is, is something that you, we would want to bring into practice along the way. Okay. And just to finish up, um, change gears slightly, I'd be very interested to have your reflections on the difference between the marketing technology landscape in Asia and here in the, in the States, because as you know, in the States, it's a very crowded space. Um, there are different estimates, but there are several thousand marketing technology vendors, and each one's got various solutions. Is that similar to the situation in Asia, or is it much more crowded here? Uh, so this is an interesting question. The, the way we look at it is uh, uh, the... Uh, 
evolution of market brings in specialists, right? Uh, but the U.S. market, we fundamentally believe, is moving, evolving in the wrong way. Right? Ah, okay. Uh, and so, when we look at the uh, ideal evolution of the market, right, uh, the way it should evolve is centered around the customer, not around channels, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so the way the U.S. market has evolved is the CMO always sort of unfortunately has been forced to think that there is an email service provider, there is a Facebook service provider, uh, and, and there is a push notification provider and, and some of that, right. right? Whereas the way the solution should have ideally evolved uh, is that you should have somebody who helps you with sort of the customer data onboarding. That's the first step of customer engagement. There's somebody who helps you in terms of analyzing the user behavior there is somebody who helps you in terms of creatives and messaging so that's the the the, the more sort of orthogonal value chain if you think of it right oh, which is around the customer journey and you have multiple specialists who help you along the way uh, unfortunately this has been hijacked by the channel specialists right yes. uh, and 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 that is what has led to fragmentation whereas when you look at asia it's a much more uh, early stage market uh, and fortunately what we're seeing is players like us are being able to educate the the, the CMOs and, and the marketers there that the right way to look at it is the customer journey and not the channels per se. It is beginning to play out positively, but I would say early days even are there. That's very interesting. I know there are some vendors in the States who would agree with you, customer-driven rather than channel-driven. Sure. So thanks for giving us a lot to think about, Chatan. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me over. And everyone, keep watching out for more one-on-one podcasts. Thank you for joining us.